is the Lord. It's more than just a feeling, but obeying the word of God that we are here. And uh, today, it's another step towards the promise that if I go, I will come again and receive you. And uh, <clears throat> there are several needs that we do have. God is aware of it, each and every one, some that we don't express, but he's aware. But he wants us to use our lips and express ourselves to him. And uh, I'm so glad to see Brother Sam here. He has not been well. And uh, there are many others of God's people who are not well in their bodies, but they're more than well in their spirit of being the Word of God. We want to bring these needs to the Lord at this time. Ministers who are ministering truth, assemblies who are going through struggles and so on. And it has been like that from the time when Jesus sent forth his disciples. But I'm confident, and we are confident, that everyone that has been chosen by him, and whatever means he has used to really bring them to maturity, will be accomplished. So let's all join together as we bring these needs to the Lord. <clears throat> let's all stand together. <clears throat> And let's join ourselves together. Eternal God and our Father, <clears throat> we thank you that you are above all. Thank you today that you have touched our lives, that we can come together in, in the house of God, not just for a show, but Lord, we appreciate you, what you have been doing on our behalf. We have brought so many needs that we have had, but you're aware of them all. And today, we thank you that you can, <clears throat> you can and do work on our behalf. There is nothing that is hid from you. And Lord, today, every one of your people that is sitting here, Lord, will you touch them in their heart, in their spirit, their mind will be open, their heart will be open to receive the precious words that you're giving. These are not spurious words, but these are words of life. It brings liberty, brings deliverance, causes us to focus on the promises that you have given. Lord, even at this time, Lord, families who are not here, I pray, oh God, You'll reach in, I pray thee. Deceive the, defeat the purposes of the adversary, O oh God, that is causing them to, to, to take a backward step. But my God, that help them, O oh Father. Everyone, every child, every mother, every father, I pray today, bring them to you. My God, not only in our assembly, but everywhere across the whole world. You know where each one is in China. You name the country or wherever. They are, they are your people. You have called them. You gave your life for them. And Lord, I thank you 
that the word of God is indeed going forward. My God, let them, be re let them realize what you said. Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Every man of God that you have raised up, it's not eloquence, but Lord, it's those that are touched by your spirit. My God, reaching, oh God, those that are, are cast down at this time, I pray you'll raise them up, I pray thee. Defeat the purposes of the adversary. Lord, may they not be deceived in any wise, but oh God, I will seek out and sought acceptable words that is, uh, that is uh, given for this time, for this day, for these, uh, these surroundings. Lord, everywhere, oh God, the remnant is. Lord, that here we know that you're reaching out and in your time, you're drawing by your spirit. You're drawing, oh God, Jesus, you said all that the Father hath given you will come and you will indeed raise them up at the last day. And today I pray, O oh God, for every child of God, everyone I pray, sustain them. My God, let them, O oh God, look beyond the situations that seem to be so oppressive. Look beyond the situations that are around. Lord, we thank you for the examples that we have in the precious word of God. Lord, we have seen many who have been cast down at times, but in the end, when they draw their last breath, they were fully matured to be a part of thy coming kingdom. We are working. My God, help us, O oh God, not to focus on, O oh Father, who is, uh, who is opposing. We realize who is pushing different situations. We realize, O oh God, uh, what is uh, every opposition that would come? My God, there is none stronger than you. There is none above you. Eternal God and our Father, you've always been there. Your eyes go uh, goes throughout the whole earth, beholding the good and the evil. And Lord, we thank you for the words that we have been receiving. My God, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. And, oh God, it looks, uh, when we look at it from our perspective, it doesn't seem possible, but, my God, we trust you. We know that what you have ordained will be fully accomplished. The needs, oh God, of every family, every man of God, in, uh, in all the assemblies that are holding the truth in truth, my God, I pray that you'll draw by your spirit. Let us not take a backward step, but, oh God, as we move forward today, overshadow this, uh, this uh, gathering that is here today. Lord, remember your people. I know you haven't forgotten us, but cause them to remember you. Remember your law. Remember your word. Remember your covering. Shelter, I pray thee. Cause us to have victory after victory after victory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I bless your wonderful name and I thank you today. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. We can enter into your gates 
with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. We can be thankful unto you and bless your name because you're good and your mercies endure it forever. Lord, I thank you that you never fail. You never fail. We are more than conquerors through him that has loved us and gave himself for us. Cause us as we move daily. Cause us as we move forward. Our leaders, those who have raised up, Father, touch their minds to lead in the right way. Lord, we're realizing that the end thereof will be, will be joy unspeakable and full of glory. We praise you and appreciate you. Thank you, Lord. Bless your wonderful name. Give you thanks. Give you thanks. Bless your name. Amen.
Well, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. Glad to have you back And uh, it's a great place to be. To sing the songs with everyone else and to worship. It's, um, it's a real blessing. I really appreciate all the prayers that the saints and the way the Lord has really intervened on my behalf. I don't want to elaborate anything much. But I remember when it was a sort of a not looking good. And uh, Sister Pam called Brother Singh and asked for prayer. And they, they chatted a little. And this church prayed. And within half an hour or so of that, I, I felt a peace and a calmness. And all the negative tests that they saw, as a matter of fact, it was positive tests that they saw before the final test came back, and everything was clear. Amen. It's clean. I believe in a living God. I believe in prayers, and I want to say thanks to every one of you, especially my pastor which I know, talking to him and what I understand, the burden he carried. And it's good to be in church. Amen. Listen to uh, the lessons we've had recently and to understand the goodness of God and the grace of God and the, uh, the trend of the services we've had and the lessons we've had recently talking about uh, the deception in our time and the last days we're living in the last days we know that it's not our time now it started a long time ago and the scripture talk about in the last days I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh it started 2,000 years ago but we're living in a and a real, the end, towards the end of the last days. And I thought about how can God's people be deceived? It's, uh, it seems so difficult for me to understand that. It's either some people were not saved to begin with, and uh, some people lack of wisdom. <clears throat> But um, we were instructed from the Word of God so many times that we're going to be experiencing things and religious groups and, and organizations and individuals that would be promoting concepts contrary to God's Word and God's will and His plan. But uh, the elect, those that God has chosen, See, when I think about, uh, I like the, 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 uh, the idea of the church at Berea and Thessalonica. And when I heard that lesson, I, I questioned my mind, myself. I wonder if there's much Berea in me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the part of Berea that's in me is when doctors give me a prescription, I go search it out. And I try to find out because today we're living in a time right now that I, we have to 
search things out for ourselves, mm -hmm. especially in the medical world. The only thing we don't need to search is the grace of God and the love of God and the mercies of God. He is always there. And I recall a time when there are times in which uh, I've heard things in the Word of God and I did not need to go and search it out. Because the Lord touched my mind and my heart and gave me an understanding. And I know, I absolutely know that it was from God. See, I know when God touches my heart and my mind and opens my understanding. And if he has done that one time, it's sad if I drift away from that revelation that God has brought me into. No wonder Paul, I think, made statement in, in, uh, is it, uh, in Hebrews when he says, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have made partakers of the word of God, have tasted of this heavenly gift, if they should fall away to renew them again <clears throat> unto repentance. It, uh, it allows me to understand the importance of having a revelation and make sure that whatever is touching us is the Holy Ghost. And it's not emotions, it's not our sentimental feelings, it's God touching us. And we've had this list, little assembly here in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada has received a great volume of lessons and instructions from God's Word. And uh, we have been seeing ups and downs in, in the attendance of our congregation in our, uh, in our service to God. We have seen fluctuations and, uh, and the road is never uh, an easy way to go when Jesus said straight, S-T-R-A-I-T, means confining is the way. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life and few there be that find it. And he said in his word again, one of the, the scriptures, he says, fear not little flock. And uh, we are not expecting thousands coming here and, and joining with us. We're expecting God's elect. And those that God has chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. And I appreciate the times that we have had here, the worship songs. And one of the things I really uh, try to discipline myself in doing is that when I'm singing a song, I just don't sing a song because everyone is singing the song. The last one I think we sang was, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. It's a, it's a prayer. The song becomes my prayer. Jesus, you fill me with your spirit. Life is impossible without the spirit of God. Uh, the wonder Paul said, I think it might have been Paul said, him that hath not the spirit is none of his. And uh, Jesus made a statement. He says, talk about his spirit, his spirit of truth, but lead you into all truth. And if God's spirit has led me to truth, what's allowing me or causing me to drift away from truth, it will not be the Holy Ghost. And I appreciate the Lord uh, uh, speaking to my heart and to every one of us that's here today. And uh, Paul, uh, he made a statement. I, lo I love the, uh, uh, the ideas and the scriptures we've dealt with in, Thess uh, in Thessalonians. The church in Thessalonica, I'm looking at that in a different, in a different perspective right now. And 
and uh, it might not be a very influential church. And I wonder why when Paul was writing to Timothy when he says, Demas had forsaken me, having loved this present world, this present age, and had departed and gone to Thessalonica. I wonder what attracted Demas to go to Thessalonica and left the Apostle Paul. The time that he needed people the most, and he needed the strength and the resources around him to encourage him. I wonder what caused Demas to leave and go to Thessalonica. And I wonder why the church at Thessalonica was in that condition, and the church at Berea, not everything, I don't think everything happened in Berea was was honorable. There were some men, there were some individuals, the Jews, they searched the scriptures. They, they want to see if Paul had it correct. But I know in every organization, see, we are not coming out of the early church, coming out of apostasy. And here we are tonight, we are battling a lot of concepts and false ideologies around us. And unless the Lord help us, we would be caught away. And that is why Paul was writing to the church of Thessalonica. He says that you should not be shaken in mind. Not shaken in mind. Not shaken in mind. The moment I started to wonder and uh, question the move of God or this assembly or where God is working, I have an influence that from the outside is shaking my mind and shaking my spirituality and foundation in God. He says, we should not be shaken in mind. He says, that day shall not come until they come a falling away first. And that man of sin, talking about the paper, say, the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And uh, it's not anything new that, that uh, we see falling away from uh, that, uh, that place where we once were with God. No wonder he said, uh, Paul was writing against, again to the church at, at uh, Galatians, the church at Galatia. And when he says, oh, foolish Galatians, mm -hmm. they experience God. They experience salvation. They experience the Holy Ghost. Uh, they experience the vibrant moving of the Holy Ghost in the midst, in their midst, like we do and we have had so many times. But something happened. Something transpired and it affected every one of those saints that were in the church of Galatia that had not a solid foundation and their roots were not deep enough to keep them in the way that God wanted them to go. He says, who had bewitched you? That's not talking about a witch with a long nose and warts on their face. No, it's talking about influential ministers or preachers that were going contrary to will of God and what God wanted. And that is why it's important for us to be careful what we listen to and what we look on television. When we heard about the, the emphasis was placed on that one word, watch. We need to watch and pray. Watch and be careful. Not watch television, no. But we need to be alert and be cautious of what is coming over social media and what we feed on. And may God help us that we'll feed. We've got so much here to feed on that we should not even find a time to be carried away with cer certain things that the world has to offer. 
And it's not only when, you see, you see, uh, uh, we need to understand that it's not only, you see, you see false concept uh, and, and, uh, and error is not only doctrinal error. It's the lifestyle of the world. Sure. It's things that are happening today out in the world that, uh, that people are getting carried away with. And you'll be surprised to know even the man, that, the man of sin that, that the scripture talks about. Uh, when in Revelation, might have been the 13th chapter of Revelation, when he talks about him, even he would have that, uh, that, uh, that power that he can call down fire uh, from heaven. Not everyone that speaks in tongues is representing God. See, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I'm nothing. Paul said, he said, though I give my body to be burned and give my, uh, all my goods to feed the poor, and have not charity, I'm nothing. Says charity suffered long and is kind. And may the Lord give us a brand new revelation of what's happening in our time. And not be carried away with this deception. You see, he says, as is was, we saw that scripture last night in Matthew the 24th chapter. Matthew 24 is a dynamic chapter. If you can read that over and over and ask the Lord to really, really touch your heart and your mind and your eyes to open up that scripture in Matthew 24. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. It didn't say may wax cold. Iniquity would cause a love to dwindle away. Love from the truth. Love from the things of God. Love from the word of God. And so let us examine ourselves. You see, many will come in that day saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name, cast out devils. Something about the man in Mark 9, that he was able to cast out devils that the disciples were not able to do. And we are we in that place today that we can sometimes, we can do things that other people can't do. Or we are unable to do things. You see, God is building this assembly here in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. And the reason why he's building this, this assembly is because he has people in this city. See, I believe that God has a remnant in this city. And I believe that God has touched uh, individuals within the confines of this wall that we are here today, I believe God has touched some of our minds and some of our hearts, and there's still people outside that needs to come. I believe that God has touched the ministry that we have in our midst that's dispensing God's word in the right time. Truth, present truth in our time. And I believe with all of my heart that what I'm receiving here is designed to save me. And put me in the kingdom of God. When the scripture says. He says uh, in, the, in those days. He says as it were in the days of Noah. So shall it be the days of the coming of the son of man. And I love the, 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 the scripture in Luke. That gives a little more detail of what uh, Matthew 24 said. Uh, they, were, they were established society. They, they, they were marrying. Nothing is wrong with marrying. And given in marriage, nothing is wrong with that. They had feasts, they were eating and drinking, marrying and living a, a lifestyle like human beings would. 
But something was wrong with that. They knew not. Oh, they might have attended church and services and conventions, but they knew not. Until the flood came and took them all away. Oh, they saw the ark that was there. They saw the building that was there. But they can see all that they wanted to see. Unless the Lord has really reached down and touched their eyes and touched their hearts. They would never see. The flood came and it took them all away. There is a deception that's happening right now in our time. May God help us to understand where he's working and what his demands are for our lives individually. There's no time to play church. There's no time to attend services or church or serving God in vain. When Jesus said, he says, in vain, without reward, do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. May God help us to understand that that when the Holy Ghost comes in our hearts, he'll lead us to truth. And if we are led to something contrary to the word of God or to truth, what's leading us? Let's ask ourselves the question. Let's question the years that we have spent in the assembly, in church, in meetings, attending services. And how much have we grown G-R-O-W-N in God? How much have we developed spiritually? Do we pray more today than we prayed yesterday? Do we seek after God more today than we sought Him before in times past? Times are getting worse and evil is all around. I can't see God working in a group of individuals and they can come how they want and dress how they want and have, uh, uh, have ripped jeans and lift their hands and speak in tongues and expect that God is going to bless. I don't see that as God moving. I see that as a sign of deception. And unless we are grounded and rooted in God, we'll be carried away with that deception. May God touch our hearts and our minds and open our understanding to see where he's working. May God help us. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Not seek his hand. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He says, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. I believe today we are serving a beautiful God, a wonderful God that's giving us an opportunity to turn back to Him and seek Him with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, all of our souls. Moses said, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We need to serve the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds. Coming back again, I will never stop saying this over and over. We need God in our homes. We need God in our marriages. We need godly families. Because what is coming ahead of us, it's not prosperity and beautiful days and, and wonderful times. It's darkness that lies ahead. And unless we build a strong relationship and a connection with God, we will be carried away with the flood. The flood will carry us away. But today I thank God for this beautiful place, the ark of God, 
Let's plug every hole that we have created to bring the flood in the ark of God. Let's begin to stop that and get the flood out of the ark. This is a holy place. This is a wonderful place. And I appreciate God so much today to be here. Amen. I am a firm believer that when God takes an elect child of God through a process, whether it's sickness or economic situations or you lose your job, you have an accident on the road, your car is smashed up, or like Brother Sam, going through a process of sickness, we are all human beings. Some of us tell of our sickness and some of us don't. But a child of God that's going through a process stands a better chance than one that's not processed at all. And when God is working in your life, that's the time to try to find out from the Lord what he intends to do with your life and what adjustments you can make to be more productive. The branch that bear it fruit, he purged it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And I believe that the Lord is working in Brother Sam's life and these little things that he has gone through. Um, he has not denied the fact that God is taking him through a process. But I can't learn for him. He has to learn for himself. And him standing up here today is a good opportunity for me to sit back and see how God is putting the word of God not only in his lips, but coming from his heart. That is important. We all must go through a process, and some individuals go through a process and when they come through, they have no empathy, nor sympathy, nor mercy of someone else going through the same process. That is sad. Today, we're glad that we are in church. We're glad that we, uh, there's some of you out here today. And I hope to God that we would learn that the church is really supposed to be one unit. We can just be various individuals running around doing our own thing and not combine our efforts together. It is supposed to be one body, one spirit, one vision, a common understanding as we move ahead in God. Last night we looked at Matthew chapter 24 and I will say a few words to you hope we can get through by 11 o'clock here today and when i'm finished we'll receive the offering but before we receive the offering i'll have timothy turn off the streaming uh, part of the service 
and I'll open the service for anyone that wants to testify. Because if there's something on your heart that you'd like to share with us, God is working in your life, I'd like to know. And so we'll do that, God willing, by the time we get to 11 o'clock, so we'll give about 15 minutes uh, for the assembly to uh, be given a chance to, to speak or testify. Someone want to say something, uh, you can do that. We don't have microphones to go around, but we'll hear you. And we'll let the service go on. Matthew chapter 24, and I appreciate what Brother Sam did, did not even open his Bible. And uh, he rem you can see he listened to the message, and every one of us, I appreciate Brother John leading us in prayer today. And if ever there was a time when this congregation must learn to pray, it is now. We want to restore that which we have lost over the years. Uh, when we came out from Dufferin Street and we moved on in to Kenmure Avenue, I remember in the early days, even when we moved here, we had church on a Saturday night. We had church on a Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. We had church on a Sunday night at 7.30, right here in this building. And then we had church on a Wednesday night, and we had a daytime prayer meeting on a Tuesday and a daytime prayer meeting on a, on a, on a Thursday. I remember one of those prayer meetings, Tuesday or Thursday prayer meeting, we felt this burden for Tara. I remember she was in Georgia. And we had a terrible burden and we prayed for her, didn't know that she was getting into an accident. Serious accident that both kids, car went off the road and Tara, she, she, said, she said to me, she said when she looked over at Reen, at the other end, she thought somebody was dead. But we prayed. It was one of those prayer meetings that we prayed and Nadine left, she didn't have a job and she was praying, oh God, uh, you know what is, I'm a good child. I play for the, the piano for the church. What's happening to me? Right here, we had a prayer meeting and we left and she was driving out. It was a BMW at that time, right? <clears throat> she was driving her BMW and she's questioning the Lord while she's driving because she says, Lord, you know, I tried my best. I don't do wrong things. I, you know, I try my best to serve you. What's happening with me? Chandri and I, we decided after the prayer meeting, we will go and sit at Swiss Chalet and have a lunch. So while we are at Swiss Chalet, we said, you know what, Nadine is free. Let me, let's find out if she wants to join us. So I called Nadine and I said, Nadine, um, we're at Swishley. She said, Dad, I'll call you back. I didn't know what was going on, why she wanted to call me back. But uh, she said, Dad, I left this meeting and I'm complaining driving my car. And suddenly the BMW electronic dashboard went blank. And one word came in the middle of that dashboard. What was it? Hope. Word hope 
the electronics of the car went blank and one word came up and it says hope. And then it disappeared and electronics came back and so she pulled the car aside and she called, she was on the phone with BMW when I called her and wanted her to come. And she asked BMW, is there something in the system of the car that would say hope? And it says, no, there's nothing like that. This is a wonderful place and I can only tell you what I believe about this place. I can't give you revelation I can force you to believe, but I know this place is where the habitation of God's, God's presence is. It's the house of God. And this building and the walls and everything about it is important to me. And when Brother Joe said he loves this place, I know what he means. I love it too. And when he and Brother Terry were not living in this building, I would come at two o'clock in the morning and I would sit in that overflow and with the cross light alone on, I'll watch the sanctuary. And I'll feel God because I'll come and I'll sit down here on the bottom step and I'll spend time talking to God. And I'm being saved in the process. And a lot of times, only a minister ends up saved. And Paul went to Rome. I'm sure there were people put away that believed the Lord and, and you know, got saved. But when it was over, Paul was the one that came out saved. And most of the saints went to hell. When Paul went to Galatia, all the churches of Galatia, the elect was put away and what was left was lost. Because the devil, his responsibility is to do his best to deceive mankind. Yes. And if you know it's a deception, you would not be deceived. But there are things that happen in this building that attach, attaches me to this building. I've said it over and over again. My experience in this building down in the basement, where I thought an angel protected me from death that Saturday morning. Can never forget it. Then I remember the incident at the back with the scaffolding. See, I fell off a ladder painting. That's why I have an injury, a broken heel. That in 2001, fell off a ladder painting the church at the back. It was in the month of November when the weather suddenly got good, 70 something degrees Fahrenheit. And I went out there and says, catch some painting that should have been done. Put a ladder on, uh, ladder up and painted, was painting that window when the young man holding the ladder let it go. And so I blamed the devil and I blamed the young man. No, God wanted that ladder to fall. And I believe God wanted me to quit dancing around in church. And so he broke my foot. Maybe other reasons too. He don't want me to walk too much. But that was a lesson. Scaffolding at the back, I should have died. God saved my life. This place 
is a precious place to me. I love the habitation of God's house and the place where his honor dwelleth. And I told you these little stories because it is our gospel. It is one thing when Paul had an experience on the road to Damascus. It's another thing when I have an experience in this church and you have an experience right here. It's our experiences that will drive us to serve God even unto the end. Amen. When I'm looking back at the testimony and where we're coming from, God has really helped us in so many ways. Here in Matthew chapter, I don't know how I can finish this up in 10 minutes, but let's see what we can do. Matthew chapter 24, it tells us right down to the end of that chapter about verse 49, verse 40, 48. But if that evil servant, this is a minister, there are two categories of ministers here. One is called a wise, faithful and wise servant in verse 45. And the other is called an evil servant in verse 48. The wise, faithful and wise servant in 40, verse 45 gives to the church the message that is needed for the present day and the present age. You can sit here in this church and are faithful to the Lord until electronics come into your life. Listen to me carefully. If the electronics has got you hooked and you're an addict, it's one thing to be an addict to marijuana. It's an, another, it's a, one thing to be an addict to alcohol or tobacco. It's another thing to be an addict to this little device that the devil has provided that we can use. You know, the organ was never invented by Holy Ghost tongue speaking individual. You check your Bible. The first organ was a musical instrument was invented by the ungodly line. But the godly is using it for the glory of God. Today our parking lot was blocked because Mississauga, Mississauga Hydro, it's called Electra, uh, they changed their name, blocked the street because they were taking care of the electricity and I'm so glad they do a good job. From the time a transformer gets blown, you give them half an hour and they get that back running. This is a very efficient company supplying us with electricity and that's because they all speak with tongues in tongues and got the Holy Ghost. No, it's the ungodly around us that are responsible and take on that sense of responsibility to help us. So when they block the street, that's okay, block it. You think they're blocking it because they don't like church? Now I'm telling you that the ungodly has done a lot of things that could benefit us. But you and I should not come under the influence of the ungodly, that we become addicted to what they do. I told a young little girl following us on Facebook, I said, 
when you see me on Facebook and you see that green little dot, and I told Nadine, I said, get rid of that, and she got rid of it one time. I said, when you see that little dot, don't say hello to me because I'm listening to a message on the, on the internet. I'm busy studying, listening to the Word of God, so don't think I'm there gallivanting, see who is selling what. No, I'm listening to the Word of God. First opportunity I have is go on the internet in the morning uh, when I'm finished my time, quiet time and all of that, and then see what I can put to influence people to serve God. And then I'm done. But when I see you on the internet and your little green dot is there, I wonder what you're doing. I'm sure you're listening to the Word of God, so I didn't want it to bother you. We are children of God. We are called children of light. Yes, and darkness and drunkenness are symbolic to the same kind of lifestyle. And here, blindness is also associated with it. And this two category, these two categories of preacher, one offers the people present truth to tell you what is evil today and what you need to avoid today. I felt the Lord called me when I was a young man because I never liked to do what everybody else is doing. I don't do what everybody else is doing. I ask God to give me guidance and help me. And yet I try to conform as much as possible to the ones around me. But here are two categories of individual. And the last one, the third category that becomes dangerous, it says, this uh, verse 48, And that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord is delaying his coming. We're not talking about a non-elect or an ungodly person. This one was in the work of God. But because things were not moving right, he said the Lord is delaying his coming. So he started to eat and drink with the drunken in society. This is not talking about literal booze. This is talking about the woman in Revelation 17, and we'll get on this subject, because I like to tell you a few things before, give me five minutes more of your time. Because drunkenness is, that the Bible talks about is spiritual drunkenness. When a watchman that the Lord has raised up goes spiritually blind, he is drunken with the wine of her fornication. Amen. Now here's what worries me. I'm already saying, I recognize this woman in Revelation 17. And she's got harlot daughters, yeah. Well, if you recognize the woman, can you recognize her harlot daughters? And if she has harlot daughters, is, are the daughters producing teachers? Should I put in my church library Hymenaeus's, the works of Hymenaeus, or the works of Phygelus, 
are the work of, uh, works of Hananiah or Shemiah. And have that in my library because they teach a good doctrine somewhere. You know, in these days, if you're wealthy, you would only be cool if you have a bar in your house. You're wealthy? To be cool with your friends, you have to have a little bar in your house. You got all kinds of liquor. And it would be sad if I stand here and teaching you the gospel and sanctification and all of that. But in my spiritual cupboard, I've got a spiritual bar. The special wine of Hymenaeus. The special wine of Diotrephes. The special wine of Hananiah or Shemiah. And I'm calling old, old names in the past. I just don't want to throw off on men today. But guess what? If a person does not believe the doctrines we believe in. He's got wine in his cupboards. And it is a sad day when we in the body of Christ. Have all kinds of wine bottles in our spiritual library. Full of the abomination of the wine of our fornication and we feel when you see my library behind me when I take a picture and I stand before my library and you can take a picture and you see my books at the back by whoever is writing them mm -hmm. I wonder if Paul would have that kind of stuff I mean we need to read we need to understand we need to understand what the world is doing we need books and etiquette and history and psychology and things like that that we can understand what's going on in the world. But I don't need to feed on the wine of our fornication and hope to get a message to preach to you. The day I start doing that, you are doomed. Because if the watchman goes blind, who will see for the people? That is why this parable is so important. And it's telling us about this. He starts to eat and drink with the drunken. You think he went out? No, no, no. When you take up that book, that theological book, and you start to read it, you don't have to go in a rum shop or a bar or a liquor store. You sit there in your living room and you're reading because the saints need a message today but i'm filling myself up with the darkness and the wine of our fornication i got one you know was the devil really completely wrong when he told eve he says did you will not really die did they drop dead when they ate the fruit they did not really die you see there was a subtlety in his truth that he presented to them he says, you'll become wise. You'll be able to know good and evil. Was he correct? Yes. yes. But he was still the devil. And we cannot justify a little bit of light 
and mix it up, mingle our wine. There's so much to talk to you about mingling our wine because we want to mingle a little bit, a little theology and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and then come to you. Because if you don't pray for us, you need to pray for your preachers. If you don't understand the very concept of how you approach this almighty great God and bring my need before him and the needs of our elders and the needs of the saints, if you don't know how to do that and humbly come before God and pray, you'll be wasting time just chatting away, praying with yourself. But God must bring us to that place that as a local church, and those of you following me online as a fellowship, we must learn to approach God with humility. Humble ourselves and seek his face. Dear God, Almighty God, omnipotent, omniscient, cut that stuff out. How about saying, Lord, I really need you. You know, the first thing I said this morning in my little quiet time, God, please forgive me of anything that I've done over the past day, thoughts that went through my head. Please cleanse me and help me. And Lord, I wish you would heal me. I told somebody, I pray for a miracle and God give it to Brother Sam. Took my miracle and give it to you. Thank you. <laughs> you see, I said, but you know what I say, Lord? I wish you could help me. And if you don't want to help me with my personal ailments and things like that, give me strength. Don't let the devil ever feel he has immobilized me. No. And that's why last night I told you Paul had a thorn in the flesh, but he didn't stop him preaching. And I might have ten thorns in the flesh, but it would not stop me doing the work of God. And you and I are in a wonderful place. We have some wonderful saints that are faithful over the years. May God give you that desire to love him with all your heart, even unto the end. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this simple service that we had. Thank you for Brother Sam helping him to come back in our midst. Thank you for all these elders that we have that are faithful. I pray, oh God, that you would help this congregation. Touch our minds, touch our bodies, touch our hearts. And Lord, everyone following us in line today that has a need in their lives, a physical need, Father, we pray that your hand would stretch forth and heal their bodies and heal their minds and heal their spirit. And if you don't want to heal them, Father, for some reason, give them grace that their faith will never fail. Thank you, Father, for being such a wonderful Father. God, I thank you from the depths of my heart for being such a gracious Wonderful Father. Thank you, Lord. Let these words that we have heard today generate the challenge in our lives and help us to change. 
Help us to love the habitation of your house and the place where your honor dwelleth. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.